More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. There has been a great awakening that is happening in this country. There is always a cause and effect in elections and afterwards. I've been saying this when people say the world is over because Barack Obama got elected. I said, no, 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 it's not. And look what happened. He gave us Donald Trump. They're back in force. Now you've got Joe Biden. The world's going to end. No, it's not. There are always things that come from the bad things that are actually happening. Jimmy Carter gave us one of the greatest presidents of all time in Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton. Gave us George Bush and what his leadership was after 9-11. If you think about things that way, you actually understand that some great things can happen because of the election of Joe Biden. And what is happening now before our very eyes is the Great Awakening. You know, for decades, I would argue, we have been dormant in our public school involvement. It makes sense why it happened. Parents who had the means to get their kids out of failing schools, took their kids out of failing public schools and either homeschooled them or put them in private schools, etc. What has happened recently, however, is a great awakening. Parents whose kids are stuck in these schools are now fighting back, and parents who have kids that are in private schools but are still paying taxes are now getting involved and getting their backs. Elected officials are starting to realize what has happened in our private schools, which is we've been indoctrinating our kids with propaganda, like critical race theory. We have been putting out information to these kids that is nothing more than pedophilia and horrific sexual descriptions and teachings of things with kids. This has been going on for years. The books that we are now witnessing that are in our kids' public schools are books that are teaching them some of the worst things ever. And it's, it's nothing more than a breeding ground for pedophilia. You look at now what's happened and a lot of the waking up to what's actually going on in your classrooms in America was all caused by something totally unrelated to the two issues I just mentioned to you. It started with the mass mandates. Then it continued with not just mass mandates, but vaccine mandates. It started with leaders like the Governor Newsom in California who's come out saying, not only are you going to have to vaccinate your kid in public schools, but if you think you can run and hide to a private school, you're also 
wrong. I'm going to mandate vaccines for the private schools as well. And people woke up. The, the mass mandates were a great example. The canceling of school last year was a great example. The virtual learning was a great example. The separating parents from their children if their parents aren't vaccinated, another great example. The list goes on and on and on and on. Now, an Ohio mayor is becoming a sensation on the Internet. He has become a hero. And a community is backing him after he threatened to charge members of the local school board with child pornography over a controversial lesson plan that no one would have known about if it wasn't for all the issues I just mentioned getting us to this point in which students were instructed to write about highly sexualized subject matters. Some of what I'm going to play for you may be disturbing if it would not may it is disturbing and I'm playing it for you because. This is actually what's happening to our children in our public schools. And when we abandoned our public schools and we went to the private schools and we and we forgot that we are responsible for our tax dollars. These sick people took over. But all this now is coming to light. Thank goodness. All of this is now being exposed. Thank goodness, because parents. And taxpayers are starting to check and look and see what's happening in these classrooms now because of the way that they were treated by these school boards over mass mandates, vaccine mandates, their kids not being able to play sports, not being able to sit next to each other, having to go home and teach them over the Internet. There are terrible things that have happened in education and the lack of quality education over the last year because of COVID-19. And we have seen that the public schools don't care about our kids. They actually just care about the union members. We have seen the unions lie and deceive to protect their union employees and make it where they don't have to go to work while we took an entire year of kids' lives and their education and it disappeared and their extracurricular activity and their sports and it just disappeared. And now parents are involved again. So when bad things happen, good things can come from it. Now I'm going to play for you some stuff and it is shocking. It is horrific. But it's important that you know that this is what your kids are actually reading. There are assignments that they're actually doing, the writing, and some of it will offend you. And and if it does offend you, do not blame me for this. Blame the schools for actually teaching this and allowing this in the classroom because everything you're hearing and what I'm going to play for you is things that are actually happening to your children. Now, first up is this Ohio mayor, and I want you to hear what he had to say about all of this to the school board. Take a listen. Mr. Earl, members of the board, my name is Craig Schubert. I'm the mayor of this city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. You either choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged. Thank you. That was pretty simple. 40 seconds. Now, before that mayor gave his impassioned ultimatum, Concerned parents lashed out at the school board, 
reading directly from the controversial assignments that their children were actually given. They were given assignments. That's how this all came to light. Those assignments. Mr. Zero. This is what they are. Write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom. Rewrite the sex scene from above into one that you'd let your mom read. Describe your favorite part of a man's body using only verbs. Describe a time when you wanted to orgasm but couldn't. You've just been caught in bed by a jealous spouse. How would you talk your way out of this? <laughs> Write a sermon for a beloved preacher who has been caught in a sex scandal. 10 euphemisms for sex. You're a brand new suicide hotline counselor. Describe how you feel during the course of your first call. Write a letter from the point of view of a drug addict. Drink a beer. Write about the taste. Write an X-rated Disney scenario. A room full of people who want to sleep together. The first time you had sex. Choose how you will die. Write a scene that begins, it was the first time I killed a man. You have a dream that you murdered someone. Who is it? How and why did the murder happen? And what happens afterwards? You are a serial killer. What TV shows are on your DVR list and why? I hope each and every one of you is in, as uncomfortable as I am after reading that. Now, imagine you are a 17 and in a room full of peers with an adult teacher. How do you feel now? This is what Hudson teachers are asking our children to write about. When these topics are encouraged and read by adults, that is pedophilia. And this is happening on your watch. This is grooming and all, you need to, all of you need to be replaced. While you have dedicated yourselves to woke social justice and failed medical experiments, you have been found sleeping on the job. This book has been in our schools for six years. Six years, folks. These assignments were given out to children, telling them to write sexually explicit assignments for six years. All of this, by the way, being exposed. And this book, by the way, that she's mentioning is apparently in public schools all over the country. It's not like this is a one-off. It's not like this is some unique, weird assignment in only one school in America. So you can say, well, Ben, calm down. This book is apparently all over the country. This book has been used in this school district as curriculum for six years. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine being a parent, imagine being this mom, and for six years, this is what your kids have been being taught, and you had no idea. And this book is being used all over the country, and you had no idea. And you just now found out these assignments are happening. Imagine. Imagine your anger. Imagine your outrage. Imagine how frustrated you would be. This book has been in our schools for six years. Six years! You have allowed the sexualization of our youth and grooming material to be approved for classroom content. I have a copy of the Code of Ethics you all sworn, swore to abide by. Code 0123R. Select sound instructional strategies and materials and submit them to regular and impartial evaluations. Are you telling me this book was submitted and approved? If not, then how can you expect us to believe that CRT will not be taught in our schools? If it was approved, how can we trust anything you are teaching our children? By the following board meeting, I want to know what the consequences were for providing this material to our children. And the following questions. Who will be terminated over this book? Where was the book purchased from? Who made the decision to use the book? Who is responsible in selecting the book? What teachers have been using this book? And each and every one of you should be ashamed. Do this woman, by the way, this mother is asking not just for the book to be thrown out. She's asking for accountability, which is what we should be asking for of, of every school board. And every teacher that uses curriculum, in my opinion, should immediately be fired. Giving assignments to children saying, write about your sexual fantasy, write about your first sexual encounter, write about your orgasms, write about your. I mean, th these are actual English writing assignments in our public schools with a book that's been around in most of these school districts six, seven years. This curriculum is being used and taught. This is nothing but pedophilia. This is grooming of children. Imagine if you're a father and you find out that you have a male teacher that is giving this assignment to your daughter. What would your reaction be in that scenario? Not sexualize our kids. The raw filth. The raw filth that snuck past the gatekeeping functions of this Board of Ed in 642 reasons was disgusting. By the way, I don't think it was snuck by them. That's where I would disagree with his father. This is 
happening all over the country, we now know. And it's because we ran away from the schools and we let the psychotic left take over the schools, these socialist, communist, critical race theory, be ashamed of being white, sexualize everything, the transgender bathroom people. We let them take over the schools. They've been running them and indoctrinating an entire generation. And it's because we were asleep at the wheel, but now we've been awoken. So you better get in your kid's school. I don't even care if your kid goes to school or not. If you live in a community, you pay taxes. I am a firm believer that you should be accountable for where your dollars are used and what they're spent on. If you pay taxes and your taxes go to the schools, then you have a moral obligation to make sure that your tax dollars are not going to programs and to writings and to an indoctrination of a society like this. Just because you don't have a kid or you pulled your kid out and put him in private school or your kid's already graduated, you're a grandparent, doesn't mean in my, and this is my view that you and your tax dollars your dollars are off the hook from accountability absolutely disgusting one of the questions they wanted people to write on was to explain a time when you wanted to orgasm but couldn't parents were the students were told not to take the book home why? So their parents couldn't see it. You hear that? That to me is a crime. That is that is straight up pedophilia. That is straight up pornography. When you as a teacher tell your children in your classroom to not take a book home while you ask them to write an assignment. And I, if, if I'm offending you, it's not me. You should be angry with the schools for teaching this. When you tell children in a classroom of all ages, as low as the fourth grade, this type of propaganda, and you tell them to write about a time that they couldn't orgasm and why. And then you tell them not to take the book home so their parents won't see it. For six years they've been teaching this. Don't tell me school board's sleep at the wheel. This is deliberate. This is criminal. You know what that's called? Grooming. I heard that Mr. Wilch acted pretty quickly when he heard about this. But I did a little checking. You know you've had that curriculum in use for several years? What else are you hiding from us? Do not sexualize our kids. Thank you. What else are you hiding from us is exactly the question that he and everybody else should be asking right now. You want to know what else is out there for your kids? I'm going to I'm going to play for you another parent revealing the sexually explicit material given to their fourth graders given to their children. I'm talking about little children in the classroom. This is in another part of the country not connected to the last story I just told you because this is happening all over the country now. And what I'm going to play for you is offensive, and it should offend you. It should make you angry. But do not be mad at me for playing it because this is what they're actually teaching your kids. If you're mad at me for telling you about this story, then think about how mad you should be that the book that she is about to read from that is given to fourth graders, children, little children, is being used as a curriculum in the schools. I'm just thankful that y'all don't have the ability to um, make a mask mandate. And tonight I was going to talk about the need for a second high school, but I was sidetracked by, for the boys, pussy or the idea of pussy or the idea of idea of pussy. A Mexican is a Mexican is a Mexican. 
Take her out back, we boys figured, then hand on the t Put it in her coin box, put it in her cornhole, grab a hold of that braid, rub that calico. You can find that on page 39 of the book called Out of Darkness, which you can find at Hudson Bend Middle School and Bee Cave Middle School. At middle school. What she just read is in the books that your kids can read, and apparently not just at this middle school. This is one of those, you know, Teachers Education Association's preferred list of reading books. So all of these schools buy these books with your tax dollars. If you are offended by what you just heard, then you might want to go to your schools. I don't care if your kids go there or not. I'm talking about the public schools that you fund, and you should check and see if these books are actually there. All right. Not going to lie, I had to Google cornhole because I have the game in the back of my yard. But according to Wikipedia, cornhole is a sexualist slang vulgarism for anus. The term came into the use in the 1910s of the United States as verb form to cornhole, which came into usage in the 1930s, means to have anal sex. I do not want my children to learn Thank about you. anal sex in middle school. I've never had anal sex. Thank I don't want to have anal sex. I don't want my kids Hard having anal stone. sex. I want you to start focusing on education and not public Hard health. Stone, you're, public you're health on. Officials. You are supposed to be educating our children. That, by the way, is an angry mother whose microphone was cut off because she was making too much sense. Imagine having a middle schooler, and that is what they're teaching them. And again, if you're angry by what you just heard, don't be mad at me for playing it. Because this is what is in your schools. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't be bamboozled that these books and the stories that I'm playing for you right now are just like one-offs and accidents. It's not really happening. Let me remind you of exactly how much disdain the public school systems have, the teachers unions have for parents that are involved in their kids' lives. And politicians, specifically Democrat politicians. Terry McAuliffe, former chairman of the Democratic Party, who's running for governor now in Virginia, actually said during a debate the other night on September the 28th, quote, I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. McAuliffe now is trying to walk back those comments, even though it's very clear that he meant what he said when he said it, because the poll numbers are dropping on this exact issue. I'm going to read for you one more time the quote. This is a former chairman of the Democratic National Party. He's running for governor in Virginia. McAuliffe to Democrats in in Washington, D.C. He's trying to point the finger at them now because they're bringing, he claims down his campaign, say, do your job. You need to get more done. Criticizing Joe Biden, saying he's not getting enough done. Dude, if you lose, it's not because of them. It's because of this. Imagine being a parent. Imagine being at home. And imagine watching the guy who wants to be your governor asking you for your vote, saying, quote, I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. This is exactly why the schools are the way they are right now. Now, McAuliffe was asked about this. He's tried to backpedal as fast as he can because he realizes, wow, it's really hurting his campaign. That's a statement that he truly believes. I have no doubt the way he said it. He obviously believes it. He thinks this. He thinks parents should shut up. They should never come to schools. They should never read the books. They should not look at what we're indoctrinating their kids because We need to indoctrinate your kids. They'll vote for us for the rest of their lives. We need to teach them to be socialists and be okay with giving up all their rights and all of their liberties. We want them to be indoctrinated by the Democratic Party. This is the former chairman. He would know that. Now he's coming back saying, oh, no, no, of course, parents should have a role in education. Sorry, dude, it's already too late. You said it. You said, I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You said that. That's what you said. No one else said it. You said it. Take a listen to McAuliffe trying to walk back these comments now after they have really hurt his campaign. Well, let me ask you, what did you mean when you said that parents had no role in coming into schools in one of the debates? That- yeah, parents, listen, I'm a father of five children. Of course, parents have a role in education. We all do. 
That's not what you said. You said, quote, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. But what we need to do on education, and my plan is, listen, Fox poll out the other day, a double-digit lead with parents for Terry McAuliffe. You know why? Because I did a record investment in education last time. I have a $2 billion plan that I want to take education forward. I want to raise teacher pay. I want to get the 40,000 at-risk students pre-K. I want every child to have broadband. Glenn Youngkin's plan on education, his plan, 43,000 teachers will be cut. Don't take my word for it. Read the Washington Post editorial, three independent studies that say his plan will cut 43,000. If you want broadband, they should have signed that bipartisan infrastructure bill. Right off the bat, I get $100 million in Virginia. Next day. There's a Democrat in the White House. I think you know his phone number. My message to everybody, you know, let's get everybody in a room. We can get this figured out. You know. I love the pandering here. Like, he gets asked a semi-tough question by Andrea Mitchell, and she's like, dude, you're just blaming everybody else for this. You're the one that said it. No, no, I'm not saying it that way. Well, you kind of are. No, I'm not. Well, you're the one saying we need this, that, and the other, and all this money we have, and well, how are you going to play for it? Well, you know, we just got to get in the room and work it out. It's like the Nancy Pelosi. We won't know what's in the bill until we pass the bill, and then we'll tell you what's in the bill. It's not about me, and it's not about the upcoming election. Sure it is. It's absolutely about you in the upcoming election. You scumbag. You're the guy that just came out and told people, I'm not going to let parents come to schools as the governor of Virginia and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You're saying if you're the governor of Virginia, I don't think the parents should be telling telling schools what they should teach. You're the one that said it. Nobody else. Back to another parent who's had enough. What I'm going to play for you next. I will say it again is absolutely offensive. It is disgusting, but it's in your kids' schools. And that's why I'm going to play it for you. Ask my children if I could check the books that they've picked up from the school. My son picked up this brand new book from the shelves in class, Lawn Boy. He was under the impression it was about a kid that ends up with a gig mowing the grass at Disneyland. I'd like to share a few quotes with you. This first one, just turn it around. On page 19, not that it really matters in fourth grade, at a church youth group meeting out in the bushes, I touched Doug Goebel's dick, and he touched mine. In fact, there there was even some mouths involved. Next one, page 91. What if I told you I touched another guy's dick? What if I told you I sucked it? I was 10 years old, but it's true. I put Doug Goebbels in my mouth. I was in fourth grade. It was no big deal. He sucked mine too. And you know what? It wasn't terrible. Fourth grade, 10-year-olds. This is the book written in fourth grade at a church youth group. I touched a man's blank and he touched mine. In fact, there were even some blanks involved. This is the school book that you have fourth graders. And apparently this, this book, Lawn Boy, has been bought by school districts all over the country for your fourth grader to read. Page 174, I don't know if I quoted, if I made a sign for this one. Yeah, I did. Um, He talked about old times at the church, but never mentioned our penises or the fact that he never said 10 words to to me after our little foray in the bushes. Not a single reference to holding or tugging or sucking dicks. All I could think about while he was chatting me up was his little salamander between my fourth grade fingers. Fourth grade fingers. The writer is writing this book. 
as it is written as a story being told by a fourth grader who's 10 years old so that other fourth graders who are 10 years old can actually read this and say, oh, well, this is normal. This is pornography. This is pedophilia. This is child abuse. And this book is is quite possibly in a significant number of your children's or your district's or your grandchildren's schools right now. Rapidly engorging with blood. Page 230, I didn't make a sign for this. Why won't you admit we sucked each other's dicks? We shared a Hershey's bar, then you showed me your dick. The next thing I know it's in my mouth, we sucked each other's dick, and you're pretending it didn't happen. What sort of diversity are you intending to teach my child with material like this. In addition, I'll share with you the exceptional quality of vocabulary. I stopped counting on page 66 after 44 and 41 sh- The depravity- 44 F-bombs and 44, I think is what she said. S-H-I, you know what? In a book for fourth graders. In your public schools in America right now written from a viewpoint of a fourth grader who's 10 years old talking about his gay sexual encounters and how it's totally normal. Eat a Hershey's bar and then do this. If the content on the shelves in our schools cannot be mitigated with policy EF. At this point, I need you to know that according to policy FFH, hold this one please, Local sexual harassment is defined as unwanted sexual advances, sexually motivated verbal, nonverbal conduct or other conduct or communication of a sexual nature when the conduct is so severe, persistent or pervasive that it affects a student's ability to participate in or benefit from an educational program or activity or otherwise adversely affects a student's educational opportunities or creates an intimidating, hostile educational environment. What sort of educational environment do you think the plethora of sexually graphic books selections create for my children or for any child for that matter. Um, I'm going to jump back in here because there, there's a couple things that you're probably right now going through your head that you're angry. You may be angry at the author. You may be angry at the publisher. You may say to yourself, why aren't they in trouble? Why aren't they arrested? They shouldn't be. Okay, That's not the point here. The question you should be asking is what happened to law and order in our schools? The question is, why aren't charges being filed against the school board and those that purchase these books? Why aren't they being charged with crimes of pedophilia and child pornography? You have the right to publish this type of smut. You do in America. You do not, but but that doesn't mean that school boards should be spending our dollars to buy it and then put it in the hands of children, grooming them for God knows what. This is pornography and this is pedophilia and giving this book to a fourth grader in our public schools, apparently from what I've been told all over America, these books are being recommended all over America. I'll go back one more time to that assignment because I think this teacher or this parent uh, brought it up perfectly. Okay. This parent brought it up perfectly when she found out that her kids in middle school were given an assignment by teachers because of a curriculum. Not one teacher. Okay, this isn't one-off teachers here. This is an entire school district that was giving out the assignment, and and these are your options in English class to write about. 
She's going to read you the list. Here's what you're going to write about. Here are your options on what to write about. Here is the list we're recommending for you to write about this. And this was given out to middle schoolers as well. Zero. Write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom. Rewrite the sex scene from above into one that you'd let your mom read. Describe your favorite part of a man's body using only verbs. Describe a time when you wanted to orgasm but couldn't. You have just been caught in bed by a jealous spouse. How would you talk your way out of this? Write a sermon for a beloved preacher who has been caught in a sex scandal. Ten euphemisms for sex. You're a brand new suicide hotline counselor. Describe how you feel during the course of your first call. Write a letter from the point of view of a drug addict. Drink a beer. Write about the taste. Write an X-rated Disney scenario. A room full of people who want to sleep together. The first time you had sex. Choose how you will die. Write a scene that begins, it was the first time I killed a man. You have a dream that you murdered someone. Who is it? How and why did the murder happen? And what happens afterwards? You are a serial killer. What TV shows are on your DVR list and why? I hope each and every one of you is in, as uncomfortable as I am after reading that. Now, imagine you are 17 and in a room full of peers with an adult teacher. How do you feel now? This is what Hudson teachers are asking our children to write about. When these topics are encouraged and read by adults, that is pedophilia. And this is happening on your watch. Think about the things that didn't even deal with sex for a moment. Drink a beer, write about it. You're encouraging underage drinking of middle schoolers and high schoolers, junior hires. Talk about how you want to die and off yourself with suicide. Talk about the people you want to kill. Tell us about your home and what's saved on your parents' DVD, your DVR, whatever you want to call it. Tell us what your parents watch at home so we know what you're like at home and what your life is like at home. Translation, do your parents watch Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, conservative things? Or are you one of the ones that's liberal so maybe I can seek you out and get you to do things with me? Pedophilia, that's what you're doing. You're shopping. Your parents watch things at home that maybe they're not paying attention to you and what I'm doing with you. That is grooming. Everything I just described to you is happening not just in one school, not just in one classroom, in entire school districts. I hope that every single one of you will go to your schools and look at what the hell's going on and look at the classes and look at what's happening and ask your kids the basic question. You're going to say, hey, what books are you not allowed to bring home? Because that's a trend we're seeing pretty clearly. Apparently, there's a lot of books that your kids are not, that are not allowed to bring home because they don't want you to see them. Start there. Second thing, please share this podcast. Parents need to know what's happening in their kids' classrooms. Parents need to know what their kids are being taught. Parents need to know what's in their kids' curriculum, what books are in the library, and what they're paying for. So get in the game and share this, please. See you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. 
This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.